All right, let's go hour number two on a Monday. Hope you had a great Mother's Day weekend. Again, a shout-out to all those great moms out there. Zay's mom, my mom, your mama, everybody's mama. Hope everybody had a great weekend. The new moms, the old moms, and all of that. Hope you didn't spend too much on flowers this weekend. All right, uh, lots of stuff going on. NBA-wise, Game 7, Boston takes out Philly, and we've got the conference finals set. John Morant, another crazy video uh, that he's going to have to explain to the NBA, and the Memphis Grizzlies have suspended him. Now we got to find out how long they've suspended him. Big week in the NBA because we've got draft lottery as well as the conference finals. Plus, you got Texas baseball getting two out of three from San Jose State and definitely finding their bats while doing it. Uh, and we are only 110 days away from the first Longhorn football game. Sark and his crew have been out and about in big Texas cities talking about those Longhorns, and we'll get into some of that here as well. It is Chad and Zay on a Monday. I'm Chad Hastings. He is Isaiah Collier. And every Monday about this time, we hit the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline to talk to this guy, Joe Cook, inside Texas on 3.com, at josephcook89 on Twitter. Joe, how are you? Doing great, guys. Thanks again for having me on. Yeah, man. Thank you for the time. So uh, you are going to be in uh, in H-Town tomorrow with Sark and the traveling crew? Absolutely. One more stop on this Texas fight tour. Uh, saw him in San Antonio. Saw him in Dallas. Did not make the uh, Fort Worth one, but he's, he's hitting Houston. And then uh, I don't know what's next for him. He'll probably start heading more into the football world. Uh, it's about to be the time of year where – High schools finish up spring football, and there's no uh, recruiting on the road to be done. So maybe do some clinics, and then June's going to be a big month for hosting recruits and trying to establish that 2024 class. So excited to see uh, what what optimism Steve Sarkeesian continues to bring at tomorrow's speaking event. Yeah, that definitely seems to be a big theme. Let everybody know so far, what have you liked about these events, you know, so far leading into 2023 and what do you uh, you know, what are you looking for if anything tomorrow? Well, if you're a fan, uh, it's it's all optimism. And, and with good reason, that's what these uh, events are are their their goals are. It's to get people excited for the upcoming season. And it's not just football, it's with uh, Rodney Terry and and also uh, with with Vic Schaefer on the on the stops that he's making, uh, but a lot of what Steve Sarkeesian uh, from the football side of things has been talking about has to do with some of the stuff he he mentioned way back on the uh, um, the, the pivot uh, the pivot podcast. Yep. Um, you know that this looks like his team stuff like that, and it's he's not coming out and outright saying things like, uh, you know, this is going to be, you know, we'll see in Arlington. You know, he's not saying things like that, but he is very cognizant of the fact that the goals for this team are to get to Arlington. And I don't think he'd be talking about it with, I guess, as realistic of a view on it. If he didn't think that there was a really good chance for his team to be able to do that. Now he's not, uh, putting himself into a situation to where, you know, he's saying, we're doing this, we're doing this, and then giving himself an opportunity where if the season doesn't go according to what he privately plans or privately hopes, and it's like, hey, you said this, but he, he's speaking very optimistically about the the program and um, even about Quinn Ewers. And one of the things that you know, I've heard a couple, you go to enough of these things, but it gets kind of repetitive, but it's worth noting what, what is repeated. And one of the things that he's brought up 
is Quinn Ewers and how quarterbacks fare when they go into year two of his system. And, you know, I think we've all heard the, the litany of quarterbacks Steve Sarkeesian has coached, uh, dating back, you know, 20 years to when he was at USC. And, you know, he mentions that, you know, the guys like Carson Palmer and the guys like Matt Liner made jumps in year two. And he mentioned that, you know, last year when Quinn Ewers was fresh off of a semester in Columbus and competing in, in spring football uh, with the Longhorns, that he was just trying to keep his head above water. And now he, he has talked about how Quinn um, has, you know, in a room with several talented quarterbacks, developed a comfort level in the offense. But, you know, with uh, it being 115 days away, something like that, it's still uh, it's still just part of talking to you. So, but there is a lot of optimism, and a lot of that optimism does come around from the quarterback position. Yeah, Joe, you talk about the optimism, which it's fair. I mean, you look at the roster and what they've done, and Sark is right. This seems like it's what he's been envisioning ever since he got to the 40 acres, getting big guys, big bodies, those five-star, four-star recruits like he was getting at Alabama. And you look now with the expectation and whatnot, we saw the spring game, and we saw you know a lot of optimism there. But there's a lot of guys, freshmen incoming, that haven't got to camp yet that could maybe fight for some clock. Who do you think those guys could be coming in, I guess, this summer? Well, uh, the, the, the good thing for Texas is that the guys who did enroll early are some of the highest-ranked players in the class. So the Arch Mannings, Anthony Hill, Jonte Cook, and C.J. Baxter, I think in the on-three industry rankings, they were all five-star prospects. I don't think there's any five stars who are going to be making their way uh, down to Austin at the end of the month. But there are, you know, I don't know how many instant impact guys there may be, but I do like a lot of the long-term capability uh, that is included in some of those summer arrivals. And that includes Jelani McDonald. Uh, he was out at the uh, 4A state track meet uh, competing for Waco Conley. Uh, and he skyrocketed in on three's own rankings, I think, to the number 41, maybe even higher than that, 41 overall prospect in the country, and he was a late add. And, you know, I, I talk with you guys all the time about if you're a uh, player at that level, at the 4A level, you're often, and, and you're that athletic, you're asked to play the go-win-the-game position. You know, you're a quarterback, you got to run the football, uh, you're probably playing safety and making sure nothing gets past you and you're in the box, and and that's what he did. And, you know, he took home gold last year, the 2022 triple jump. I think he finished fourth this year. Uh, and he's going to be one of the top athletes, probably just pound for pound coming in in that class. Uh, he'll probably end up playing linebacker long term, but the, he's been told by the coaches he'll, he'll get an opportunity at that star nickel position. Uh, just a versatile player. And then I think another player to, to take note of is, Derek Williams from, from New Iberia, Louisiana, went to Westgate High School. I think for a good portion of the cycle, he was a five-star prospect. Uh, the ranking dropped off a little bit toward the end. Uh, but he is a, a super athletic safety prospect um, who, you know, I whenever you see somebody that highly rated from Louisiana, you kind of assume that purple and gold are in their future. But Blake Gideon, Terry Joseph, and, and Steve Sarkeesian all – did a great job to bring him in. I, I don't know how much opportunity he's going to get maybe at a traditional safety spot this upcoming season. Uh, that's a pretty 
decently deep position between uh, Jalen Catalan and, and Jaron Thompson off the top, and then maybe Keaton Crawford, Michael Taff, and any of those number of other guys, including some younger ones like B.J. Allen and Larry Turner Gooden. But I think that the, uh, Eric Williams may be somebody who is athletic enough to be able to contribute and to be a positive factor on special teams as he's learning how to play in a, uh, uh, you know, defensive system, probably a little bit more complex than what they're used to running at Westgate. Talking with Joe Cook inside Texas. Joe, you mentioned, of course, not just Sark, but the two basketball coaches out on the the road as well, talking to fans. Uh, For Longhorn fans wondering about Tyrese Hunter and any updates there, um, anything that that you guys are hearing about where that could be right now? Yeah, we're definitely uh, tracking that that decision, uh, what Tyrese uh, decides to do. Um, looking for stuff to, to happen on that. It could pop at any minute. Um, I don't know if you all saw, but of course Dylan Mitchell got invited to the NBA draft combine. Uh, and I think Serge Barry Rice also got an invite. Rodney Terry spoke, I think, last week in Dallas that they were, they were expecting something from, from Tyrese pretty soon. And, um, you know, a lot of the players, they, they put their name into the, the combine uh, into the draft process just to understand what they need to work on. There's no you know, downside to it. Uh, you can, once you, as long as you make sure you do the paperwork right and get your name out of it, uh, you can come back and, you know, you have the opinions of the NBA scouts and GMs and coaches to, to let you know what you need to work on, you know, maybe for next year's draft. So I think that's, that was part of the big reason for Hunter doing that, not being invited to the combine kind of, shows where he is a little bit on the pecking order as far as professional prospects goes. Um, and, and Terry and, and company, you know, like he said, they, they expect a decision pretty soon. So um, definitely uh, someone who I'm sure Rodney Terry has utilized on the recruiting trail when talking to guys like Max Atmos and, and Kendall Weaver. So uh, we're, we're on the lookout for something pretty soon considering the, the deadline is not too far away for for Tyrese Hunter. Yep. Yeah, Joe, you mentioned Serge Barry Rice getting that invite to the draft combine, which is big for him. He was at the G League combine, and he did really well. And, you know, look at his size, 6'4". I know the scouts are a little nervous about his athleticism, but he makes up a lot of that with his length, having that 6'10 wingspan. And we know how steady and his basketball IQ so good do you think he has a serious shot kind of taking a P.J. Tucker route where it might not happen at first, he might not get drafted, but Serge Ibari still has a chance of having a decent career in the league? Yeah, that, that's a good question because, you know, I, I never thought that uh, old Donovan Williams, a shock and smart player uh, who ended up transferring, I think, to UNLV, you know, he got some, some run for the Hawks at the end of the year. and That was someone who could barely – you know, crack the rotation at Texas for a while. So, granted, a couple of different players uh, in, in, a, in a league where, you know, everybody is such an elite athlete, having that skill and that length as a differentiator is, is crucial because there are, there are athletes who are better than, than Serge Ibari, right? So, uh, but I think what it, it shows is just a, a testament to his drive. You know, this is someone who is unranked uh, coming out of, I think the Klein area here in Houston, um, you know, 
before he went to New Mexico State, and that's a good program in the WAC, but it's gone through some some turnover in recent years. But he stuck it out, uh, made a run in the WAC with Teddy Allen, Timmy's brother, and made a run in a tournament, and then bet on himself at a higher level and became, you know, he was a starter caliber player who just wanted to be a sixth man and understood that, you know, as he put it in his own words, it wasn't about if he starts, but if he finishes games. And now he's just betting on himself some more and goes in, in a environment where there is, a, you know, I, I, in those all-star games, I've, I've never, obviously I'll never have the opportunity to, to be in one of those, but you know, you try to be a good teammate, I'm sure, and, and run whatever system's there, but you also have to make your own plays to stand out among everybody else. And he was able to just, you know, looking at a box score I came across, he was able to, to do that and, you know, earn enough notoriety, uh, the positive ver- positive variety to where uh, NBA coaches and front offices want to get another look at him against some of the better, better players excuse me, in this upcoming draft. I mean, interesting story to follow. Uh, speaking of stories to follow, last one from me, Joe. Get a little Longhorn baseball talk in here. Kind of a wild series. The weather made it wild. Twenty-four to three and eighteen to six. Always sounds a little wild in baseball. Um, good news, obviously. Campbell keeps that hitting streak going. Outside of that, what did you take from it? How do you like the Longhorns as they head into the last conference series? Yeah, I think we kind of saw what this what this team's like. You know, sometimes they'll. They, they get pretty decent starting pitching performances, but uh, sometimes the bullpen does its job, and sometimes the bullpen doesn't follow through. And we saw that on on game one on on Friday, where uh, the the Spartans were were able to come back. And then I think uh, after that, you know, game one everybody's fresh. Once you start getting into game two and game three and utilizing a lot of arms, uh, you're you're not as fresh in, in the depth that. Uh, comes to comes into play for a program like Texas um, made it made itself apparent in the final score lines on Friday and Saturday. So uh, you know this is a, obviously a big week. Uh, the Big Twelve. I don't think anybody's going to confuse it for you know one of the top conferences in the in the country. I think they are uh, pretty obviously at least third and maybe even fourth as far as the pecking order goes and. Um, they could just be a host league, and there's a chance that Texas is playing for that host opportunity. I, I would be pretty surprised if the Big 12 regular season champion, a power conference champion, isn't a host. Uh, I think Texas still has a mathematical chance at it. Now, they need a lot of help, uh, but they, they could get it done if they're able to, I think, from Occupy left field, so give them credit for it if they're able to sweep and I think Oklahoma State takes a game from OU, so they they definitely need uh, some help, but it's an opportunity. It's senior weekend. You know, it uh, could end up being the last time at the dish for a lot of different players, and, uh, you know, this is a team that still has, even if, let's say, they drop game one or uh, OU or Oklahoma State or it is, doesn't hold up during the bargain, like, this is a team that still needs to try to win games and, and earn a better seating not only the Big 12 tournament, but just for the NCAA tournament. Because, you know, let's say they don't win this series, I think they're looking at being uh, one of the higher-ranked two seeds in the whole tournament if they don't get a host bid. You know, that that can have a big impact. You know, if you're maybe a team that's uh, headed to, you know, maybe the number 16 
team in the country, and, and you're the first uh, number two seed. So you're you know you're just right there by one of the teams that did end up hosting, and you know Texas always sends a contingent to wherever they're they're playing at, and uh, but you know the the ideal situation would be to take care of business versus the Mountaineers and try to ride some momentum into Arlington for the Big 12 tournament and see if they can figure out and start to alleviate some of the bullpen woes that, you know, pitching depth is always important when you can play five or six games, however many it is, in, in four days. And this will be an opportunity to really get a test of that before the uh, it becomes win or go home for real. Texas baseball sitting at 35 total wins for the season. They are 12-9 and nine right now in conference as they get ready for that West Virginia series. Joe Cook, Inside Texas on 3.com, joins us every Monday about this time. If you're on Twitter, at JosephCook89. Joe, always appreciate the time, man. Enjoy the Houston event tomorrow, and uh, we'll get the review from you next week. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Joe. And, uh, yeah, Coach Sark, Coach Terry, Coach Schaefer uh, doing the barnstorming tour around the state. A lot of positivity being discussed. And, uh, yeah, a lot of talk about, I hear it being called the uh, all gas, no excuses tour. Zay, I don't know if that's Sark's phrase for it or if that's what everybody else is calling it, but it does feel like there's a lot of positivity, and I think he's smart enough to know that if he talks about anything other than Jerry World and that Big 12 title game, he's not hitting the bar. That's how you got to go out. Yeah. You got to go out with a statement, and the schedule is tougher than you think, but what the roster is and what we saw last year and getting better each season and the moves that they made, bringing Chris Jackson in, getting the wide receiver uh, room now. You see the freshmen coming in. A lot of guys going to be ready to play, like Joe said. And, yeah, I'm damn right there's expectation. Yeah. No excuses. I'm That's with it. it. That's it. Uh, and that event will be tomorrow in Houston. So be looking for uh, comments and quotes and thoughts coming out of that. Texas and West Virginia. Remember, it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series this week. No Sunday game there and no midweek game either. So it's just Thursday, Friday, Saturday for Texas and West Virginia. Obviously, we'll be talking about that one as the week goes on. Also, plenty of NBA to get into. Game 7 as Boston gets the win and the two conference finals are set. Plus, all this Ja Morant craziness as another video uh, surfaces and it causes Memphis to suspend him from all team activities until they can look into it a little closer. We'll get back into those stories. Also up next in your flex segment, the matchup we've been talking about will happen in the baseball playoffs. Plus you got the seven on seven to go check out this weekend if you're really into your high school football. We'll tell you when and where on the horn. Chad and Zay. Oh, there we go. Now we're adding some guts to this show. Nothing against the two ladies that have been on so far. This is one of the big dogs. One of the biggest voices on the female side in rock. Ann and Nancy. It's heart with... Magic Man, right? Yep. All right? Yeah. Great song. <laughs> Weird song. This is how you know. This is how you know you're young, hot, and completely blasted out of your mind on all the drugs. When you fall in love with a guy, you feel the need to write a song to your mother 
about how much you're enjoying, like, just having sex with him all the time. Yeah. That's basically what this is. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Yeah, this is perfect for coming out of Mother's Day. Well done. Well done. Hart, Maria Maldar, Maldar, and uh, Ann Murray, one of our uh, Austin music fans, texted us that Maria Maldar, however you say that name, was the last artist to play at the old Armadillo World headquarters in the early 80s. Wow. That's a great trivia question. Hi. That's we got music snobs out there, man. I do appreciate that. Hope everybody is having a great Monday. We do have a game 7 tonight. It's on the ice. It's Dallas and Seattle. That series goes 7 after the Kraken took it to the Stars over the weekend in Seattle. Uh eventually the, the Stars pulled the goalie to make sure he was ready to go tonight. 7 o'clock ESPN and as much as I love, say, a Game 7 when it's baseball, as much as I can love a Game 7 when it's basketball, if you get the right Game 7 in hockey, there is nothing like it. Yeah. When it's that close, especially if you get overtime, none of the others are guaranteed to end the way the hockey is guaranteed to end if you get into overtime tonight in Game 7. No basketball tonight? I'm checking it out. Yeah, right. No basketball. We get the break tonight, and we'll get into those conference final series starting tomorrow. So ESPN tonight for Hockey. All right, let's get into a little bit of uh, flex. We got some football and baseball to hit. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. All right, Zay, you're going to have to help me on the basketball one, but we're on a good run now of in the football season, there was a matchup people were kind of looking for, and it was Vandergriff Dripping Springs. They wanted the rematch in the playoffs. We got it. Then in basketball, I want to say there was one we had talked about that we were hoping would happen, and then it did. Was it maybe that? I want to say maybe it, it was, was Bill Johnson, Stony it, Point. There you go. That's it. I was going to say I know it's the Josiah Mosley team, Stony uh-huh. Point, and yeah, because yeah, Bill Johnson won twenty six six A, and Stony Point there won twenty five six A. So we got to see that. And now in baseball, I think there was a lot of folks around here thinking, man, what if Westlake and Round Rock end up playing each other? And now we get that they both win their series over the weekend. Westlake and Round Rock will be playing as soon as we have all those details. We'll be talking about that this week. So congrats to the Shaps. Congrats to the Dragons. Also, if I'm hearing correctly, Georgetown advanced in the playoffs. Lake Travis advanced. I think I heard Rouse advanced as well. If I'm leaving anybody out, let me know. I know my Elgin Wildcats got taken out. Yeah. So good season, but they I think it was Lake Belton took them out. Um, my dogs got taken out. Your yeah, your Bowie Bulldogs got taken out. <sighs> Dad gummit. Great season, dogs. Yeah, that was San Antonio Johnson. Yeah, I think that took uh, Bowie out. Let us know if you're a Taylor Duck. I have not seen that one. Did the Ducks win? Did they advance? Let oh. us know. Uh, baseball playoffs roll on. Also, it is almost seven on seven time. Our first local seven on seven event is this Saturday at Lake Travis. We'll be getting you more on that schedule as the week uh, uh, rolls through. But if you want to throw that on the calendar this weekend, this Saturday is the Lake Travis seven on seven. We've also got spring games this week. Today is Hutto's spring game. Round Rock has theirs Thursday at six. Uh, Lake Travis is Friday for their spring game, and Westlake's is Thursday at 4.30. So high school spring games. If you're really a crazy hardcore fan, 
make your plans to get out to the spring games. Yeah, this is when the coaches come in and they either say, man, this ain't going to be like last year, or they're going to say, man, this definitely ain't going to be like last year. (laughs) (laughs) One of the two. One of the two. Uh It's the tone, though. Got to listen for that inflection. (laughs) I'll listen for the tone. How's that inflection sound? Yeah, Yeah, that's funny. Uh, Flex segment every day at 1.30, and we do it throughout the show's all throughout the day. Check out FLXATX on your social media, uh, FLXATX.com. Also, I uh, saw today there's a lot of different offers and commitments being announced. I'm seeing even more weightlifting videos. I saw it was what I see today, Liberty Hill, and there's a couple others that were sending uh, videos out that Flex retweeted. So get those videos out there. Workouts, seven-on-sevens, crazy one-handed catches, all that stuff. As you're getting ready for whatever that next season is, Flex wants to see it. So uh, definitely get those out there. All right. uh, So a lot of basketball, obviously, uh, on the board today. And somebody sent us a text, Zay, uh, on the John Morant thing saying, is there some kind of morality clause in his contract? Is there something that says that he can't have a gun? I get it's not a good look, but if he's not violating the law, it should be a non-issue. I don't know his history. So to me, it's the accumulation of all this stuff. You mentioned the – I think once that incident occurs that involves Ja Morant, a gun, and at least one teenager, that's when everything would have changed. And if the NBA didn't have something in his contract at that point, it's that, that is when he and his agent have to be told, all right, that's it. Done. You cannot – we didn't need to – we didn't need think we needed to say this, but you cannot be seen – with a gun. You can't be on social media with a gun recklessly, you know, wielding a weapon. Can't do that. No, not at all. And you look at somebody else who we're going to talk about at the 2 o'clock hour, James Harden, who is not dealing with guns, but he was at the strip club in Vegas right before this series even started with Boston. And we saw how he played yesterday. And sometimes it's just... What you represent, and John Morant, he represents the NBA because he's one of the top players. He represents the Memphis Grizzlies because he is their top player. And with that comes responsibility. So, yeah, it might not be illegal what he's doing, but you also have to carry yourself a certain way when you have a certain job. That's just what it is. We all have jobs that have different rules. Yeah. Some jobs drug tests, some jobs don't. Mm-hmm. It's what it is. Yeah, it's just that's the way life is. Some things are fair, some things aren't. But Ja has to understand his position in the NBA, like everybody else in the association. Over all these years, there hasn't there have been problems, and there hasn't been problems. It's how you deal with them. But John Morant is a problem, and whether it's fair or not. He was told by Adam Silver, brought him into his office and said, yo, all these things, we're going to suspend you for eight games because you were wilding. And that was light. Now, looking at it, that was light, clearly, yeah. because that he didn't pay no mind to it. If he did, he wouldn't have done this. And in his defense interview, if you heard the interview he did with Jalen Rose, I think it was. It was Jalen Rose because they wanted to get somebody relatable who went right. through something mm-hmm. when they were calling Jalen Rose crack house during his Michigan days yeah. because he was called at some crack house that wasn't really a crack house. Just, I guess, somebody sold drugs in there once upon a time and they came in and busted them mm-hmm. and he didn't have nothing on them. So they wanted to get somebody relatable. Yeah. 
And so when he was talking about the two incidents that involved family members, he tried to defend it by saying, hey, if I'm guilty of something, I'm guilty of trying to protect my family. Okay. In those cases, maybe. Now, did you get too involved? Probably. And and do you need to you know to to double check those you got situations? Bodyguards, dog. Right. There's other ways to deal with that. But again, this situation with I can't remember if it was was it at the school or at the house with the with his sister or his mom. Where the ki- wasn't it job with the kids? See, that's sad that we're mixing it up. I know he's gone that, that all I'm mixing this crap. up. There was something about the teenagers, and there was like a threat. The, the idea yeah. was there was a threat made, and then there was a gun. Not not a threat with a gun, but sort of a reference to the gun, or making them know that he had the gun, something like that. I see. I'm, I'm getting them mixed okay. up now because yeah, I've heard the story about him fighting the kid that ended up being 17. Then you hear the story about him pointing the guns at people that are part of the Indiana Pacers, like they saw the lasers, and you hear about a situation with his mama and his sister where yeah. he was protecting them. Like, he's been through so much-ish. It's ridiculous. Yeah, so that's the part of it, if you're wondering why, you know, it's like it's not that they're – it's not that they've decided to treat Ja Morant differently when it comes to firearms than any other player just out of nowhere. It's because this is the this is sort of where it's gone. It's gone into kind of a violent realm. It's gone into this unnecessary thing. And then now you've had a couple instances where Instagram Live, an image of him with a gun. Again, in one case, it would have been illegal in league terms. If he is if he had a gun on a road trip. That's not something he can do, and that and the that would have been really serious in NBA circles. They they would have had to deal with that, and then he's really looking at a suspension. And then in this case, I don't think there's a direct NBA suspension, but once it's accumulated and they see it again, and also we brought this up earlier, how quickly that phone came back down, <laughs> how quickly Martin Scorsese in the driver's seat went from "Hey, what's up, job?" and it went immediately down. It's like, oh, so he realizes, somebody realizes the situation. So that story is uh, unfortunately continuing for Ja Morant. It's just, he's got to get out of his own way. It's not difficult. What is, the solution is so not difficult. We've had people texting in today, Zay, about, isn't Memphis a dangerous town? Isn't dangerous? Isn't dangerous? Hasn't Memphis been called the murder capital of the world recently or all those kind of things? You said it earlier. There is security out there. Yeah. For Ja Morant in Memphis? They got outskirts in Memphis that are pretty nice. Dude. Pretty nice. You can get away from all that stuff. You can get away from all of it very it, easily. I mean, we're talking. We're not just talking about any old boss and any old employee here. You're talking about the best player on an NBA team who also has a relationship with Nike and has a shoe. If that person doesn't feel safe in their city, something can be done. I guarantee you, guaranteed, between the NBA, the Memphis Grizzlies, and Nike, they'll figure out how to protect Ja if that's what it was. I don't think that's what this is, Say, If it was that, it would have been taken care of. Like Long time ago. Like, we get it. You're a tough guy. You don't got to show us you're hard. Like, you don't, you know, like, I've, it's so immature to e- for me to even say that, mm-hmm. that these millionaires get in the league and they still want to show that they're tough guys and that they're hard. Like, don't muck with me or, like, I got that thing on me, like, stuff like that. Just, just so dumb. I can't even fathom how dumb this is. And with all the talent in the world, 
just throwing it down the drain, just like that. Like I feel so bad for the Memphis Grizzlies. I really do. Uh, yeah, I, I feel really bad for them because Stephen Jones, they're a click away. When they get all those guys back, Stephen Adams and Brandon Clark, with John Morant, with Desmond Bain, even Dylan Brooks, we know he's gone, but having him, if they were healthy, they would have made a run. Oh, yeah. And it's like that's one of the scariest things these coaches, GMs, and front office owners have to deal with the offseason of whatever your sport is. From football, baseball, basketball, it doesn't matter. The offseason, you're always wondering, damn, a lot of these brothers, I know they're immature. A lot of these guys, I know they're flat-out ignorant. And with all this money and all this time on their hands, all they can do is get into trouble. Some guys just can't get out their own way. Like you said, they just can't get out their own way because they got too much time on their hands. They got all this money. He has his homies with him. Like, you still want to be real to them. That's one thing you don't want to lose. You want to say, you know what? I want to be authentic, and I want to be the same guy I was when I was flat-out broke to where I am now when I'm rich. No, that's not a way to look at it. I get it. I get staying yourself, but things are going to change no matter what. And you have to change with that, or you're going to be like John Morant in these dumb situations. uh, Game one of the conference finals gets going tomorrow night in the NBA. We'll get into those series coming up at the 2 o'clock hour, plus a coaching change in Phoenix. Yep, that hit Monty Williams over the weekend. Where could he end up? And there's definitely talk around Philadelphia. Is it time to make a move with Doc Rivers? Does he have to pay for what just happened in Game 7? We'll get into all of that. Up next, it's Where We At in Society with Zay. We hope you're having a good Monday, a bit of a wet Monday outside. Side. Um, I don't know. Is this out of nowhere rain or was this expected? Uh, I was expected. Was expected? Okay. Yeah. All right. Be careful out there in the wet weather. Obviously, I wasn't ready for it. I hope y'all were. This is the horn. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas. White Plains, New York. Chad and Zay. Oh, that's a big voice from the past there. I wish he'd get up there with him again. But for some reason, hey, I don't know all the politics of it. Journey and Wheel in the Sky. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Journey, Hart, Maria Moldar, and Ann Murray today. Yep. Journey, not sure if they're going out this year on tour. Uh, I do know they're not going with Steve Perry if they go. This will be the legendary Steve Perry. Shout out to Journey. With or without Steve. I wish they'd try it out again with Steve. Take them both out. I know the new guy's good. Take them both out. Let them yell at each other. I don't care. Let them sing songs back and forth. Give it a try. You're telling me that kid, he's probably 50 now, but that guy that was worshiping Journey in a cover band, 
You tell me he wouldn't want to be on stage with Steve Perry? That'd be awesome. They might have to give him oxygen. Yeah, I would. Could be if a great. I was like borderline stalker. Yeah, could be a great story. Stalker's not the right word. Uh, Lead singer in a cover band. That's different than stalking. Uh, okay. That's how he got the gig. Oh, okay. <laughs> that sounds better. Dude, they looked him up on YouTube and went, wow, that kid kind of sounds like Steve. <laughs> Let's try that. All right. Uh, the uh, music always interesting on the show, and Zay's got more of that coming for you. We've got lots of NBA to hit. We'll get into more of the Monty Williams getting fired, as other, other coaches going to be fired pretty quick here, and then the four teams that are left in the playoffs getting ready for the conference finals. Right now, though, a lot of secrecy around where we at in society. Let's see where Zay wants to go. Where are we at in society today? Zay has told me not to look at Twitter until he tells me to. So, Zay, where are we headed today? All right. Well, both of these stories tie together. Uh-huh. So, don't look yet. I'm not looking yet. So, we're going to talk about the first story first. And right. it will make a lot of sense after you see the next story. So, first story, Ben DiNucci. XFL standout, as this caption says on one of these sites. I like how you can't even say the word. I just stand out. I don't. I can't believe this. But Ben DiNucci is at Denver Broncos minicamp right now. Okay, and he got picked up. Hey, go ahead, Ben. Signed. Go ahead, Ben. For the Denver Broncos for one year. Don't see the money, but Ben DiNucci is back in the NFL. I guess. The front office in Denver and Sean Payton saw what he did Real for ben. the Sea Dragons in Seattle and yeah. said, you know what, let's give this guy another shot, back up Russ, and we'll see what happens. That's what we're looking for. I'm watching that championship game on Saturday. Tyler Vaughn's the receiver that went to USC. I hope he gets some looks. He's looked pretty good for the Renegades. Both running backs in that game, I hope, get looks. Both quarterbacks, maybe they don't make a roster, but do Perez and Te'amu get looks? That's all I'm wanting out of this XFL, just that opportunity. Yeah, and a lot of people would say, you know what, these Denver Broncos have lost their mind by picking up Ben DiNucci. A lot of Cowboys fans would say, Denver Broncos, y'all have lost your mind for picking up Ben DiNucci. Mm-hmm. And if you go to the video, Chad, something go. that we haven't talked about yet that's been going around for the last few weeks. I heard Ball Don't Lie talk about it oh, last week. Oh, yes, I have not seen this yet. Sean I heard Payton about it. video of him ripping the bong full of the best chronic you could possibly get in Colorado, old school style, looking like he's in a dorm with kids high out of his freaking mind. Wow. And it makes so much sense for a high as hell Sean Payton to go in the front office and say, we need Ben DiNucci on our squad. Everything matches up perfectly. Oh, I bet you just couldn't wait to tie those two stories together, <laughs> could you? You could not wait. It's too easy. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. It was pretty easy. Like a hungry dog to raw meat, you were ready to go. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, there is. No, I've, now this is the first time I've seen this video. It is startling how young that other person in the video is. <laughs> It just stops. In the Golden State shirt? It stops you how young that guy looks, and it does appear that Sean Payton is just at like a random frat guy's house <laughs> in Denver. Like, it looks like he's at the University of Colorado. Right. Yeah, he's at CU. He's at Colorado State. He's just rambling around the state, and obviously it's a very different video now than it would have been five, ten years ago because obviously marijuana is legal in Colorado. That part is separate, 
But the crowd he's hanging with would be my only question. Yeah, this is son's friends? I hope so. I do too. I need you to know. Give me the, please let there just be a con, uh, a good connection. It's his nephew. It's his niece. It's his co- cousin, whoever it is. Please tell me there's a family connection here, coach. Now, clearly he's a beginner because the frat friend is instructing him on how to do it, uh-huh. like how to pull the piece out as he inhales it. His pot Sherpa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, good for him. I hope this relaxes him. Now he's back coaching. It's probably not as stressful as it was during his New Orleans days. I hope <laughs> I hope it's relaxing him. <laughs> uh, I just retweeted it, by the way. If you're like me and you had not seen the video, I'm at C. Hastings 104.9. Zay is at ain't that underscore Zay. All so, right, old man. Got to ask you this. Yes. Do you want your head coach high as a kite? Um, Like this is... When you hit the bong, you're entering pothead territory. There's one thing to have a joint every once in a while, a little spliff or something. When you're hitting the bong, so okay, you're going in. So try to compare it to a world I do understand. Give me the drinking equivalent to hitting a bong. Is that a keg stand? Is no. that a like what is that? Is that it's like shotgunning? It's I mean, like, like having your own flask. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you are into drinking. Okay, thank you. You are into That's, drinking. You just compared it for yes. me. Yes. Um, I don't want to see my head coach doing that. Knowing that my head coach of, of my NFL team might partake, that's different. Seeing him, you know, hit a bong hit with a 12 year old? No. <laughs> no, the kid's not, oh, he's not 12. He's, he's not 12. He's not 12. He's 20. He's 20. 2021, something like that. My bad. He's not 12. He's not 12, but... Don't put that on, Coach Payton. And here's the other part of it. To be the old man in this story, to the young man or woman that is running that phone, why? What do you mean? Why? It's Sean Payton ripping the bong. It's legendary. Let Sean Payton rip the bong, have a great time, take a picture, and don't send it to anybody or only send it to a few friends. Does anybody do anything, anything, and just keep it to themselves anymore? Does everything have to turn into a broadcast? Does everything have to get out? It drives me insane. He's the head coach of the Broncos, and it is – is it cool that he's hitting a bong hit? Dude, it's not only cool, it's badass. That doesn't mean you have to let everybody know. Can you not just contain it to, like, two or three people? Every time the Broncos mess up – Good in, Lord. Every time they mess up in anything – I'm going to think, this dude, Sean Payton, high as hell. Yeah, exactly. Every every, every time. I know probably a hundred coaches smoke weed out there. Do you know how Think ma- about Phil Jackson. You know Phil Jackson was toking that gun. Do- but every time Sean Payton, like Russell Wilson, trying to throw face to Jerry right. Judy, something like that. And it's right. just a simple incompletion that you'll see all the way across the league that That's- you've seen for decades. Yep. I'm going to think... Damn, Sean Payton, you high as hell for that play call. Every time they fail to convert a third down and the punter's coming on the field, somebody's tweeting that out. <laughs> that's that's getting tweeted out like 20 times a game by Chiefs fans, Chargers fans, and Saints fans who are going to give him some too. 
Oh, it's going to be out of control. It's, oh my I god! Mean, look, so wrong. I, I got to see now. I want to see the Kevin James Sean Payton biopic. We need a part two version. We need a sequel because now we haven't. We didn't even know this about Sean Payton. He has a whole different light that we don't even know about. You know what? I'm glad you said that because only now, after seeing this video, do I agree with the Kevin James casting. Now it makes sense. Now it makes sense. Just that was a visionary director <laughs> that made that decision because it all connects now. Now Kevin James can play that guy. He couldn't play him yesterday until I saw it. Now I'm now I'm good. Until that story came out, bad casting. Now it's a brilliant casting. Oh, so, like. If he was hitting the joint, I don't think I would pay much attention to it. Okay, right. I, or like just a blunt or something. If he was just natural, but the bong, like, like you are if, hot head when if, you hit the bong. If somebody had hit him with a video at a dispensary and he was smoking a joint, you wouldn't have Yeah, or just at the dispensary buying some gummies, some edibles. There you blunt. go, right. I'm like, oh, he's chilling. He's buying some gummies or brownies. He's walking out, and it's, oh, my God, that's Sean Payton. And that would have been it. Yeah. But you're right, the boy, yeah. <laughs> Bong's a little different for you, huh? Yeah, and they're expensive? Oh, yo, you wildin'. You wildin', Shawnee. Yeah. You wildin'. And he's partying with Gen Z or whoever <laughs> this is. <laughs> or Gen, whatever they are now. He's partying with college kids. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, if you turn up the volume, you hear Olivia Rodrigo in the background. <laughs> 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 they're, they're checking out the new Jonas Brothers album <laughs> to see what, it sound, see what it sounds like. Oh, my God. It's fantastic. All right. There you go. Where are we at in society? A little uh, more layering for that AFC West this year as the Broncos head coach has a video of him hitting a bong. Pretty hard. Uh, on That will get sent everywhere. What do you think Bill Parcells thinks? His mentor. Like the guy that basically brought him in the game and gave him his shot, or is a big reason why he got his shot. Think about old school ass Bill Parcells watching Jess like protege ripping the bong like Snoop Dogg oh, yeah. at the crib. I don't, I don't know. I, I yeah, I do not know. I guess the joke the joke response would be. So now, Sean, just be careful. If you go into the office to ask them to let you shop for the groceries, don't be high when you do it because you'll want the wrong groceries. <laughs> I have no idea. What does Bill Parcells even think of pot? I have no clue. Yeah, man. Does Bill Parcells ever get high? That'd be the other question. Yeah, I it, doubt that. Is that where he you learned? saw how intense he was? No, yeah. I don't think he smoked it like, very much. Maybe that's where Sean Payton learned it. Maybe. Bong hits with Bill Parcells. I'd I think I'd respect that more on the age the age gap thing in terms of this 20-year-old he's hanging with. I don't know if this kid can legally drink. But he's standing there watching. He's, he's his bong instructor. He tells, he tells him to pull out the piece so he can get a better hit to the head coach of the Denver Broncos. That is wild. Does he at least give him good advice? I yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's the game. That's okay. the game. He gave him, yeah, it was right. This is me. I wouldn't know good bong advice if I heard it. Yeah, he did the right thing. Not my thing. He did the right thing. He's a Absolutely. good, he's a smart young man in yeah. terms of 
in terms of the pot. Yeah, he knows what's going on. Fair enough. All right, uh, check that out uh, online if you have not. Uh, coming up, your 2 o'clock hour, NBA. Monty Williams loses the gig. Will he get another one? Plus, is Doc Rivers in trouble? What now in Philly? What now with Golden State? And we'll talk some conference finals. Don't move. It's the horn. From the Yubio Business Services Studios, you're listening to KTXX FM and HD1 